It's Sunday morning. Time for the Great Outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors show. Your host, Charlie Potter. Here on WGN Radio, thank you for being with me. Today's show, it's one that I, a week ago, didn't know I was going to be doing. And I'm going to entitle it Dads and Daughters or Daughters and Dads. I'm calling from location as I've just left Vancouver Island after having been almost stranded in Victoria. Uh, So I'm on the road, but... Dads and daughters. So all you dads out there listening, I guess, as they say, this show's for you. And if you're a daughter who has a dad listening, this one's for you, too. So in 22 years, it seems as though things have come full circle. 22 years is the time from which, first of all, I first came on the Great Outdoors show taking the mantle from Bill Cullerton, who had had it for the previous 20 years. 22 years ago, our youngest daughter was six weeks old when Julie and I, my wife Julie and I, went to Vancouver Island, and we had her in a snuggly in front of us on our chests as we went around Vancouver Island, Salt Springs Island. 22 years later, my youngest daughter graduates from college, and I had promised her when she graduated from the University of Southern California as her send-off for the rest of her life, we would have a daddy-daughter trip. And our daddy-daughter trip, ironically, took us back to Vancouver Island. So the full circle of 22 years, and it's impossible for me to believe that 22 years has passed. And all of you dads with daughters, you know how fast it goes. So as you've heard me talk on the air for the past 22 years, I spent a lot of time with my kids, my wife in the outdoors, and hopefully have instilled an outdoor ethic in our kids that will last for them their lifetime and beyond. Our kids have known the outdoor world from Alaska to Baja to the very most southern tip of where the Indian Ocean meets the Atlantic Ocean at the southern tip of the South African country of South Africa on the African continent. They've known the jungles of the Yucatan following their great grandfather's footsteps on the Mason Spindon Exposition of 1926 to the ruins of Tulum and under and discovering those ruins. They've slept under the stars. They've felt the heavy pull of fish. They've heard the sight of wings close by at the dawn's earliest light. My daughter and I, Prescott, met in Seattle. Of course, United Airlines had to make that a little bit difficult as her plane was canceled in getting to Seattle. But nonetheless, we met in Seattle, our afternoon ruined by United, but our trip not ruined at all. We got on the ferry to Bainville in a place we had never been before. And so also this show this morning is going to be a little bit of a travel show about if you're thinking about going someplace really cool, you might be interested in what we did. We took the ferry to Bainbridge Island, got off the ferry, walked through town. It was gorgeous late, early evening. and. In, in July, went down to the dock restaurant, had a wonderful dinner of fish, 
at the yacht club came back, overlooking the yacht club came back. The next morning, we were on the express ferry from Seattle to Vancouver, two and a half hours in a, not a cloud in the sky, sun on the glaciers. I have to say that when we were coming back, just at dusk from Bainbridge Island back to Seattle, in front of us, to the right or the southeast rose Mount Rainier, and it was absolutely spectacular. Here you have the lights of Seattle 15 miles away, and you have Mount Rainier 80 miles away, rising from the sea. The colors as the last of the afternoon twilight hit it, early evening twilight hit it. Spectacular. Just It wasn't white. It was more of a mellow color, and, and, and to see that behemoth rise straight from the ocean, absolutely spectacular. So our ride over to Vancouver Island the next morning was great, except for being in one of those express uh, ferries. You're in an enclosed capsule for the most part. Enclosed capsules don't do well with people who might have seasickness. We did not, but there were several people aboard who did. So that was a little bit unpleasant. We got to, we got to Victoria. We're pulling into the harbor, and I'm not making this up. Prescott looks out the window. And it looks like the Chamber of Commerce just turned everything loose for us. First of all, not a cloud in the sky. First, a sailboat comes by at, between us and the shore, which is about 75 yards away. After the sailboat went by, a kayak, a couple of kayakers went by. After the kayakers went by, a paddleboard went by. After the paddleboarders went by, some canoes went by. On shore, there were people walking with dogs and jogging. It was as though it, this, could, this had to be utopia. I mean, they rolled out everything they could. The only thing we didn't see was a whale spouting coming into the harbor. We took off from Victoria in a rental car for a six-and-a-half-hour drive up to almost the very northern port part of Vancouver Island, where we are going to spend a couple days in the tiny, tiny town of Zabellis. Zabellis, an old mining town, which is clinging to life, hoping that a few people will come and visit it. It's the very end of 42 kilometers of gravel road. We stayed at the Island Tides Lodge, a terrific place. If you want to go fishing on the west coast of Vancouver Island for salmon, this was a great place to go. There are a number of fishing outfits, so I can't speak to them all by any means. This was recommended to me, and I can recommend it to you. Island Tides Adventures, Steve Sheely runs it. We went out the first morning, and before we had been gone for half an hour, half an hour in the boat, we had already seen whales, humpback whales. We had already seen sea lions. We saw sea otters. We saw bald eagles. We saw gray whales. We saw blue sharks. It was unbelievable. And we saw porpoises. All that before we caught our first fish. And when we caught our first fish off the coast, it was, it was the only really, really nice day we had of the entire stay in Vancouver Island. We had lousy weather. We caught the first fish, and we actually caught two fish. The, the rise of the mountains on the west shore of Vancouver Island just rise straight up. They're tree-lined, the, the cedars, they're enormous. And I can only think what it was like before the loggers came in 150 years ago with five- and 600-year-old cedar trees. Now. A tree that's 100 years old is pretty old. In any event, Prescott had the first fish on, and it was a small Chinook salmon, and it was pulling really hard. 
and all of a sudden it was pulling twice as hard. And when the fish came close to the stern of the boat, we looked over the side and 20 feet off the stern, a great big ling cod had attacked the, the Chinook salmon and had latched on and was trying to eat the Chinook salmon. So we Prescott pulled as hard as she could on her line, went as far towards the bow as she could in the boat. And the guide who had the boat took the net. And when the fish came, when the salmon on the hook came by, he went, came from behind and he netted both the probably 20 pound ling cod and the eight pound Chinook salmon. Two fish in one. What a great way to start the trip. And for two days, we caught, we caught salmon cohos. We caught Chinook. We caught probably a 25-pound Chinook. Prescott lost the biggest fish of the trip. She was battling a Chinook for a good 10 to 12 minutes, and it was pulling line, and as often happens, the line just went limp, and that was the end of that, was the end of that Chinook. But we caught rock bass, we caught ling cod, and we caught salmon. It seemed like every, I'll certainly say every 15 to 20 minutes, we had a salmon on. And that went on for two days. You're only allowed to keep two salmon. Everything else was returned to Chinook salmon. But it was as good salmon fishing as, as I've had south of Alaska. Reminded me in a way of days of fishing when the salmon, as we all remember, used to run off uh, in big numbers in the southern end of Lake Michigan. The only difference was it wasn't the Chicago skyline. Instead, it was the most pristine beaches, rock beaches, and rugged country, and the surf, although it was quiet, you could imagine how the surf would hit these rocks in the air. The air was crystal clear. It's amazing how your nose and your sinuses clear out when you breathe that kind of Canadian air on the Pacific coast. So it was unbelievable fishing. Now, when I come back from the break, I'm going to take you sea kayaking, which we spent the next three days doing, and talk a little bit about talk a little bit about what it's like to have a special time on a Robinson Crusoe top type of island. I'll be back in just a moment with more dads and daughters or daughters and dads. On the Great Outdoors show, this is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN, and first a message from our longtime sponsor, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. In the field, hunters need to be alert, sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are, communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology, tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. I hope you're enjoying this little bit of travelogue that I'm calling Dads and Daughters or Daughters and Dads. And it's, it's the full circle of 22 years of life for my daughter, who's graduated from college and made her last trip with her dad uh, 
before she headed off, heads off to the real world. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, my wife and I have had the pleasure of spending a lot of time in the great outdoors with our kids. And it goes too fast, folks. It really goes too fast, as all of you know. So we left Sabellus on a rainy morning, and it should have been an omen because the weather was positively terrible for the rest of our trip. And Vancouver Island is a reason that there are a lot of cedar trees and there's a lot of water because it, it, frankly, it rains a lot there. But it did not diminish the experience of being with my daughter. We headed from Zabellas up the coast to Port McNeil. After 42 kilometers of one-lane gravel and bridges, we hit some hard top. Port McNeil's up in the northeast corner of Vancouver Island. And uh, we jumped on Discovery Expeditions with Larry Roy, and he took us in a boat to literally, literally our own island. We were on Sophia Island, which is on the Johnston Straits uh, up in the Inland Passage, and we were sea kayaking, and we spent three days in what I can only describe as a Robinson and Crusoe setting. The island was all rock, no beaches. You had to climb from the boat up the rocks, and Larry had built a, a little camp on stilts with platforms in the middle of this immense cedar forest on the island. You slept in tents, but they were covered with a, with a, with a roof on a platform that had a little porch out front. No, obviously, no communications with the world. The only thing we had were our kayaks. And we spent three days fighting the weather, unfortunately, but sea kayaking each day. And we saw, again, just an immense amount of wildlife. We, we, probably the highlight of the entire trip was a morning when my daughter and I literally paddled with the humpback whales. We were, we were headed down Johnston Strait to the south, and a whale spouted about half a mile away. And for the next 45 minutes as we paddled, the whale spouted, and then it would show its back and go back down. And about every five or six spouts, which would take five or six minutes, it would go down and be gone for two or three minutes, and up it would come again. And the last time it spouted, it was a mere 50 yards from our kayaks. Good thing it didn't spout, come up underneath us, but it didn't. And it was 50 yards away, and you could see, practically see the barnacles on its back as the whale basically swam with us. It was it's the kind of experience that you can get when you're really removed and off the grid. And spend a, spend a week with your daughter, adult daughter, off the grid. No communications with the world. It, it, everything changes. You play cards. We played go fish, and we played war, and we played all kinds of card games that we hadn't played since, well, she was certainly a lot younger. And we had a great time, and we read books, and we talked, and you do these things with your daughters when there, there are no electronics and there's no interruptions, and the only time is the rising and setting of the sun. Speaking of the setting of the sun, our second to last evening there, it stopped raining. We were sitting on a, on a rock uh, peninsula in a low tide, and, and a whale spouted, a humpback whale. And we sat there for the better part of 45 minutes watching three humpback whales play in front of us, moving south. Not another sound in the world, not another boat, just three humpback whales, Prescott and me. And you talk about being in tune with nature. And we just sat shoulder to shoulder, leaning against each other to support each other on this rock ledge 
and it made me think of all the memories that we have with our kids came rushing to me as we sat there and watched just this, this basically, it wasn't a nature moment, it was a nature hour. Think about the special times we've had with our kids. They're hard to come by and, and grab them when we can. And I guess that's my thought to all you dads who are listening or daughters, maybe daughters who are listening, grab your dads, go in the outdoors and have a really, really special time, which we did on Vancouver Island. And maybe the other thing I think about is when you're totally off the grid, you, just, you talk about things that you don't talk about every day. Because you've got time. We talked about all kinds of things and talking to a recent college grad. I get a very different perception of the world from someone who's 22 than I do talking to my own peers. And I think that's probably true of all of us. But throughout it all, an incredible appreciation for nature. That's what we had. And that bonding time over the past fortnight with my daughter brought back, as I said, a flood of memories. And maybe the most unexpected thing was spending 12 hours in a car driving from Vancouver Island, from Victoria, all the way up to the north, and then a week later, all the way back to the south. And I'm blessed that my daughter has a studio-quality musical voice, and she sang to me for, for hours on end, all of Adele's songs, Queen's songs. And it, it was, as I said, it just it makes you want to hug your daughters. So dads, we always love our daughters. We love our sons. Daughters are special, but to be able to spend that time in the outdoors, in a remote place, with a daughter who now is going to try to tackle the world and make her own life, makes me think that, you know, it's, it's just amazing how fast it goes. And, and if you get time with your kids in the outdoors, grab every moment. And if you have young kids, grab it now. They grow up fast. And if you have adult kids, as I now do, grab them with your wife, grab them with your husband, and get some time off the grid. No shopping malls, nothing to go to. And, and nature brings out, I think, the best in all of us and a respect and a perspective on the world. And as Ernest Hemingway famously said, embrace the moment. And we embraced our fortnight on Vancouver Island and all the elements we saw, and the beauty of nature. So as I sign off, and of course I have to say that we almost were stranded there because Alaska Airlines decided they didn't want to fly, which then of course changes everything. But that's back to the modern world. That's, that's an embrace of the present. It's hard to do. Vancouver Island is simply spectacular. If you haven't been there, I recommend it highly. Getting in and out of Canada was not difficult other than airlines cancellations. Thanks so much for listening. Hug your daughters, folks. They're extra special, and they're really special in the great outdoors. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America. I'll be back next Sunday morning with much more, 720 WGN.